What's good? What's good? It's your man Drayton Jackson conversation with Dre. What is good? So I know everybody talking. I've been getting it. Like, what's going on with the, the, the website? What's going on with the website? Yeah, I told you. Putting the store in, making some upgrades that need to be made. Yeah, it takes time. I ain't know it takes that time. I don't know what goes on behind, you know, scenes and stuff like that. I ain't, I ain't suave with all that. But it's all good because when it comes back, just make sure you buy the merchandise. It's the main thing, not stuff. But um, today I wanted to make sure that we we come back with some good stuff. Uh, I told y'all Nipsey Hussle's funeral was really good. Uh, if you didn't see it, I'm gonna put a link up uh, to the funeral. I think I think it really showed where this young brother really was. But it also shows, you know. You you living your life, how you have to live your life. And I think the death part, I, I've always said this growing up that, you know, you you can judge somebody to me, to me by, you know, how their funeral is. I can't lie. You know what I'm saying? Because I've, I've been to certain people that thought that they was everything in the world and go to their funeral and me and about five other people sitting there. You know, so it, it, it really played. If you haven't seen it, like I said, we'll put the link up uh, for it. And a lot is going on. You know that we're gonna get to uh, next, probably next couple of weeks and setting up a lot of things with 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 the podcast to really take it to that next step. I want to thank everybody that has we we've gotten a lot of people coming in. My producer was telling me we got some more supporters that came on and locked in on the monthly support. Thank you so much. You guys know it. T shirts uh, have went out, so if you don't receive it within a week or so, it ain't my fault. I live in Kitsap County. Get slow mail out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just just hold on and, and, you know, just stay with me for a minute. But um, uh, if you guys remember last uh, season, we had a great, great uh, person on. We had a great conversation. A lot of you guys, I got some emails about it and uh, kind of sparked, you know, maybe maybe in like November, somebody had emailed and asked when is, you, you know, you're going to get this gentleman back on again. Couldn't remember his name, but his name is Marwan Cameron. And uh, we had a great conversation then. And I know we're going to have a great conversation tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, what's been going on with uh, G2 and his organization and it's grown tremendously. And then we're going to talk about uh, a lot that he and I deal with on a daily basis as both organizations with Family Day and also Gather Together, Grow Together, the homeless situation. So, you know, the, uh, it's it's a lot of, to me, misinformation that's out there. I'm just being honest. A lot of bullshit that, you know, I think is just, you know, uh, being put out on homeless people and nobody besides your man and your man truly, Drayton Jackson, can sit here who has been through it, who has uh, lived on the streets, lived uh, in the shelters and stuff, can really voice something. But you got you got to be uh, not to say political uh, in, in what you say. I just don't want to misrepresent a lot of the people that. I say I represent, parent that, and I'm going to just leave it that way because there's a lot of things that go on being homeless and being in the streets that people just don't get. And a lot of issues that I think people don't get uh, when you're going through that scenario. So, Mawan and I, we're going we gonna to get into it today and really, you know, chop it up about well, what's going on in not just uh, where we live at, but throughout the country with homelessness and even poverty, some of the uh, legislations and some government stuff, as you guys know, uh, 45 has been doing that, you know, we just touch touch on. But we're going to have a conversation like you know. We're going to talk about it, baby. It's your man, Drayton Jackson, conversation with Dre. Look, saddle in, man. Saddle in. We're going to have some fun today. You know? Peace. What's good? What's good? Welcome back. Conversation with Dre, Drayton Jackson, DraytonJackson.com. 
is on hold. Don't worry about drinkjackson.com. It's on hold. <laughs> but it's coming back. Don't worry. Uh, Sigma Mawan Cameron, G2, gather together, grow together. Uh, second time that we 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 done hooked up um, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Last time was really good. Went, went an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> but great conversation with it. And I think, you know, um, us definitely hooking up. A lot has grown. For, let, let's let's... For the people that don't know, come, uh, gather together, grow together, explain what it is, explain what you guys do for all the listeners that's out there so they know. Gotcha. Well, we're a nonprofit in Kitsap County. Uh, we transport low-income and homeless individuals to places they need to go. Uh, we feed those same folks. Uh, we also teach computer literacy courses. And then we also do uh, concession stand work uh, throughout the, the state of Washington. So, all right. With- Western Washington. Western Washington. Yeah. What? It's going. I see. I see it going. You know, the uh, one one of the things that I, I I love about what you guys do is, you know, you guys are really, you don't you don't have a criteria for oh, you know, you need this and this and this and this to be a part of us. If the people come in, they say they need help, you help them. What what what's the thing behind that? So the thing behind that is just what you said, right? So when, when you think about uh, these different organizations, you got DSHS, you got KCR, you have all these different things, and you have government policies, you got state policies, federal policies, mm. all these other things. You know, and, and that's the only way you can play. Right? Exactly. And so for us, it's we really don't care about that. You know, are you struggling? Right. That That's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Or do you want to help people that are struggling? Yeah. Gather together, grow together. I mean, that's really what it is. Right. So when you when you when you see the the response that you got from a lot of people once you opened up and you know they moved downtown into a spacious. We have some pictures up, right? Can we get some pictures up? With spacious uh, spot downtown Bremerton. When that thinking of opening up a spot here, did you see it being? Like, okay, people are just going to walk on the street like they have. <laughs> like, you know, like this this was the, the clothing store and they're coming in. I mean, you, you get people that walk off the street and just come up and say, look, I need help. I need something. Is, yeah. is that the thinking of opening the store here? Uh, well, or the location? The, the location was really about, you know, being around where people were. Right. Mm. So, uh, you know, with uh, the rescue mission and Salvation mm. Army and. You know, a lot of folks congregate outside of 7-Eleven and we've got the barbecue joint downstairs and right. uh, Miss Betty down there, her sister started Agape 30 years ago. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so we're kindred spirits. Right, right? So yeah, when, yeah. When we moved in, uh, we talked about the homeless situation and whatnot. She says, hey, I have homeless come in and they'll sit and they'll eat. They can bring the food in and eat. And so we kind of chatted up a little bit. It's like, oh, we're, we're, we're already swimming in the same direction. Wow. So it's just a natural fit to be down here. Uh, I'm in and among the people. Transportation is 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 huge. Um, as you see, you know, uh, Sound Transit is making major improvements to try to access a lot with uh, light rail service with everything. Uh, Seattle Transit is you know doing a lot with trying to make sure that they reach neighborhoods that they can't can't reach. But at the same time, we get a lot of reflection of certain people. You know, as as the price is going up, <laughs> that can't access it. Or as we recently had uh, not too long ago and two years ago in Kitsap Transit, where somebody smells like too much marijuana, they right. can't they can't be on the, on the, uh, uh, on transportation. Or you get somebody that just doesn't have it for that day, mm-hmm. and they need to get to their appointment and stuff. How important have you seen your implementation of transit in poverty? Freaking areas and also people that's living in poverty. I tell you, you know, I 
I wish I had them here so that they could just <laughs> tell you the stories themselves. Right. But folks are literally in tears when they talk about what G2 has been able to provide to them, right? Uh, being sick and shut in. Um, we just transported a, a sight-impaired person who was uh, taking paratransit and using some other things, and we're, we're talking through the translator on the phone. Wow. And she, you can tell there's so much apprehension. It's it's new. She, right, she, they don't know. Getting involved, yeah. So <laughs> Is I, this I, real? I, what's a G2? Right? We're gonna, you're going to pick me up and take me to the grocery store, and then you're going to take me over to the bank, and then you're going to bring me home? Really? Right, and right. it's only going to cost me $2? Or I've got an orchid card and a bus pass? It's not going to cost me anything? Right. Uh, okay. And so that intake phone call was an hour and a half. Uh, wow. Getting her information, but then making her feel comfortable. And then she called the next day just to verify it was real. And then, uh, you know, my brother picked her up and, you know, they're texting wow. back and forth and, and she loved it. And she just felt comfortable. And she said, you have freed me in a way that I, I just didn't have before. Wow. And so that impact is, is critical. So if when you when you talk about that experience, right, why do you think that that's missing? <laughs> what, what, what's what's that element that, you know, I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but what is that element that may be a transit system and no matter where it is, because right. it's not just uh, here in Kitsap, but they may not get or what, what do you think that a hospital or anybody that can do it don't get? Well, I mean, you know, it's not cost effective. Right. There's no model for it. Right. Mm. Aside from Uber and taxi cabs, right? That that's truly the model. Or right, Uber right, Eats, right, right. Right. So when you think about it, you can have a for profit company go and bring you McDonald's or something else that's fatty and nasty, right? Or you can catch a cab, you know, for thirty dollars or twenty five dollars. You catch an Uber or a Lyft to do the same thing. But there's no one else that's gonna do that. The the transit system can't do it. Right. right? <laughs> Where they're gonna pick you up at your house and take you to work or take you to drug court or take you to kiss that mental health. They drop you off at that corner, you still gotta walk. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And, and then and bring you back, take you to get your prescriptions, even though they were able to take you to your doctor's appointment, not to your prescriptions, right? right. To take you to work, to pick you up, uh, just to do these different things. Maybe to have an outing with your family that you can't normally do, right? Right. Uh, and that you used to do when your life was different and maybe you had transportation and those things were, were happening. Right. So, you know, though, that that's really what it is. What's the news? <laughs> so, the, the key element of Poverty, as we know, you you brought this up uh, in our last mm-hmm. um, thing because I was listening to it, and you said that you know it may be a person that gets a job and they can't get to work, or they work later than the transportation system allows. Right, right. When you see, let's say, a young person that's coming in, mm-hmm. or a young person that has never had job experience but they don't have transportation. Is that an element that you think a lot of people are overlooking that may lead to further things down the line, such as drug abuse, drug, uh, uh, drug use and drug abuse, and then also a way of poverty that they cannot get to work? Well, I think about the factors this way. You know, my my niece is actually homeless. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and living on the street, living in a car. Uh, and. If you if you didn't go through a driving program and get your driver's license, and then you find yourself kind of out there wandering around and trying to survive, then you, you don't have a license. You're relying upon the kids at transit, right? You're, you're stuck having to catch the bus, but you need to work on a Sunday and there's no bus service no bus on a Sunday. You're working at, let's say, Applebee's or somewhere at the mall in Silverdale, 
and you get off at 9 o'clock on a Saturday and there's no transportation on a Saturday. Or you're living out in Seabeck and you need to get into Bremerton and maybe the bus doesn't run during that time, right? Um, there's paratransit access services, but if you're not falling under those programs, you're not able to use it. You may not have the social networks in order to have the friends or the family to go ahead and give you a ride. And then if they do, they want to charge or you have to wait around for hours for that ride. Right, right. So I got off at 6 o'clock, but I got to wait until 9 when you get off to get a ride home and I need 20 bucks. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's all these different things that are at play. And so it, it just makes it so difficult. You have, you know, the kids, in my own personal experience, right. you know, I got my license and, you know, I left home when I was 14. I got my license. I'm driving around. Uh, but you got to make a decision. Do I pay for car insurance? Right. Oh, Can I afford the car insurance? My right. And so it may actually be cheaper to actually have it in the long run. But you're playing the odds that you're not going to get pulled over. Right. But as soon as you get pulled over, then you get the speeding ticket or the, you know, you didn't signal or whatever else. And then you get the no insurance. No insurance. Back in the day, it was five hundred seventy-two dollars. Well, you still got to get to work to pay off the ticket, so you get pulled over again, and you get another ticket. Now your license is suspended, right? So now, how do you pay that off? Now you're on the bus, or you continue to take that risk, right? And, and the risk just gets greater and greater and greater. Now it's in collections, right? And so now you're trying to you're fighting all that. You're already in poverty. People say, "Well, just buy a car." Well, can I afford the gas? Can I afford the maintenance? Can I afford the insurance? And if it, I, it I breaks down, now. if it breaks down. <laughs> So can I really afford to have a car? Can I afford to take this job that pays more, that has better benefits, but it it happens to be in Seattle, but I get off at a certain time and I'm not going to be able to get home or it's over here or whatever the case may be. So you have all these factors that really do impact everyone, but it also does impact the youth. And and you you, you touched on something that's very keen because what I found and all my listeners know, you know, with uh, my wife having the truck, all the situations we have went through. I even testified on it uh, uh, in, in Olympia. When people think about it, you know, people that's living in poverty are stuck with the used. And that that that, that used car winds up becoming more. <laughs> but every time that it breaks down, you're like, I got to come out with money for this. Right. So I got to save and save. And then, like you said, it's that, that circle that, that leads down that road. And I'm, I'm glad that you said that because it's one of those things that people will put on a person and say, well, you're not doing enough. And then when you're doing enough, it's just like it sets you back, you know, a, a, whole, a whole way. Let, so let, let's talk about that. because well, well, let, me, let me jump in there. You know, mm. I, I challenge you to go and ask 10 people how much a gallon of gas is right now. Right. And how many folks that actually have a vehicle and they drive around every day and they do those things, take that for granted. And they can go and fill their <laughs> fill, tank. Fill up, the tank. Right. <laughs> and they're not putting in three dollars trying to get home and trying to figure out what they're going to do the next day. Right. So I challenge you to do that and, and see how people are actually just oblivious to it and not in a in a in a, a negative ignorance way right, right. just not aware of it, right right, right. i need gas i put gas in my car i might put in premium i might put in whatever but i'm going to fill my tank up and i'm going to go from a to b and when i leave the house if i forget something i can zip back right or i can go to that pta meeting after school and, and be involved in my kids things because i have that you know, ability to zip around and get around but for for a person that's on the transit they're not able to do that or they're not able to afford it or they don't have enough fuel to do those things you got to make a choice do i have the fuel do i eat do i get my medications do i pay my rent do i keep my lights yeah. on do i pay my phone bill you know what, what what's happening here because right? once you're at half you're done <laughs> hey. 
that half a tank. You done. <laughs> so, look, we're going to come right back. It's your man, Dre Jackson. Conversation with Dre. I told you. I told you. It's going to be good, man. But we're going to get into a, a, a story that came out on one, one, uh, the news channel. We, we, we gonna, it's, it's about homelessness. And he, uh, I felt the way about it. I didn't want to talk, uh, talk about it. I was asked to write a, um, a piece for a newspaper. Uh, and we'll we just come back and we'll talk about it. It's your man, Dre Jackson. Conversation with Dre. Stay right there, baby. What's good? What's good? Welcome back. Your man, Dre Jackson. Conversation with Dre. Sitting with my man, Juan Cameron. And we are, uh, I mean, we get it's, it's, it's about to get deep. Sit back. If you got your headphones on, like most of my listeners said that they do at work, they put the headphones on. <laughs> and the bosses be walking by, I don't know. They do, they tell me. I, I, I get a couple of uh, texts and emails. Like, I got my headphones on ready for the show. Um, what was, what was, what, what is it? Kai? Come on. Come on. So there was a story that came out. Uh, a whole, and, and, and I know why it was done, and it's one of the news stations that I like. I just, I, I can't front. Uh, Como was one of the news stations I watch here, but I was very disappointed in this, uh, in this piece that they did. Uh, Seattle was dying. Um, now, another news channel, I think it was, I, I'm not going to say it, but another news channel did, did a, uh, sort of the same thing, and it never got no attraction because they were they were being very both sided. I, I, I looked at the other news. I can't remember what it was right now, but um, I was very disappointed in this this whole uh, piece. Uh, you did see it. I, I told you to you know look look at it, and you felt the same way I did. It took me a minute to get through it <laughs> without getting really heated. Um, I my listeners, a lot of the listeners that we have, and some some that have lived in poverty and lived uh, as homeless and got out and other listeners are, you know, I got, I got shout out to the, uh, uh, man, I can't remember his name right now, but I have about four homeless people that actually listen to the podcast that, that I was like, I really, I love, I love you guys, man. I can't remember the campment and, and the name right now, but, um, it really upset me. And let me, let me tell you the three reasons why this, this upset me is because we one we, we know this one and one is two. We know how we got to one and we know how we got to two. You know, we, we put those things together. And I think what this piece did, if you haven't seen it uh, or if you have, let me know how you felt about it. But uh, Seattle's Dying was one of the most one sided pieces of newscasting that I've really ever seen uh, about homelessness. And it did not give to me any real meat of why homelessness exists and it's happening. And not only that, this is what really messed me up. It didn't show how did we get here? Mm-hmm. It didn't show. It didn't, so it's almost like there's no blame for anything. <laughs> That's what I got out of this. So you, you, what you did is you looked at a problem and said, this is the problem. Oh my God, this problem is bad. This problem is this, this problem is that, but nothing of how did this problem come about? And I think uh, even towards the end, I think they splashed it. <laughs> It didn't go deep, but what nobody's understanding is that we got to this problem because nobody can afford to live. Nobody can afford to be there. And I'm going to go a little bit deeper into it, but Moana, I wanted to get, what did you come away with when you finished watching that? Well, it made me angry too. And to your point, 
you know, as far as what the catalyst was, I think they actually did talk about what the catalyst was. I mean, mm. they blamed it on the fact that, you know, there was, you can do drugs in mm. Seattle, right? And then that there's all these programs to help these folks. Mm. But as you said, how did we get there? Right. 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 So we're, we're a liberal city or Seattle's a liberal city. We're a liberal state and they want to help. Right. But why is the need to help there in the first place? So you're not talking about the policies and the practices that are in place to put people there. Put right? people there. Exactly. That cost of living that is becoming astronomical to where you're living in your car and then you're going into the street. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the racial issues on there because that that really got under my skin. Right. And so a, a person goes to jail and they get out and they're told that they can't live in a certain place uh, or, right. you know, that, that's, that's right. a big one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a huge one. Right. Uh, they have poor credit history or they have poor rental history and now they can't afford uh, they can't make enough money to live in these different places and they're pushed out and pushed out and pushed out. And now they're they find themselves in this situation. So you're right. They, they don't talk about what, what the true reasons why. Exactly. They just say, hey, well, you know, drugs are free and then there's all these free programs. So they call it free Adel or whatever the, the, the little name was right. on why people were flocking here from other places and whatnot. But not about why people are suffering and why there's so many tent cities and homelessness is skyrocketing really nationwide. Right, right. right. So that, that that to me was like the, the biggest thing overall. But being concerned about African-Americans was very frustrating also as a takeaway. There you go. Was watching, you know, the brutality that, you know, particularly black men, but also, you know, uh, people of color and black women face, um, you know, from the police that you see. But then you're watching these examples of. You know, white homeless folks spitting on cops, hitting cops and things of like that. And they are being extremely patient, uh, you know, and they don't have that sense of my life is in danger and I need to blow you away. There you the go. As soon as I run up on you. Right. 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 And then, you know. And throwing garbage cans. Right. Throwing, garbage <laughs> throwing cans, the whole right? garbage cans with people. Black men get shot. For. <laughs> you can put that video next to the last hundred videos of black men being shot and say, hey, nothing has risen to that level. Right. right? And still the exercise of patience right. is, is astounding. Right? right. Which knows it, it just goes to show you that they could police in that way to protect and serve. Not to say say it again. They, they could, they could, <laughs> they could. <laughs> right? But that it's a choice, right? Exactly. And so where that fear comes from, and the way that they decide to do that, the fact that they pretty much showed only you know white homeless individuals that didn't see very many uh, people of color that were homeless. Uh, the fact that they you know interviewed the gentleman with all the twigs and the things in his hair who wow. looked like he was in active addiction, and then they point at that and vilify this and say, okay, well this is a person who clearly has mental health issues, right. uh, is in active addiction, and this is who we're going to interview. And so while he's laughing and saying, you know, oh I'm I've moved into now I rob people and I steal, and in a minute he is not in his right mind. But then we say, see that that's that's exactly what the issue is, right? <laughs> and then to go even further and say, well you know the problem is is that the drug it's a free city to do drugs and there's no crime for you having a minimum possession on yourself. But then, you know, this black man who's so dangerous comes up here from California and he's the reason why the drugs, drugs are here, right? So, <laughs> and he has a rapist in right. So the drug dealer is the is the black drug dealer is the reason why the homelessness is here, right? And the only reason he's on camera is to show that, that right. he's been living amongst the homeless and how... That's, that's what they said. He hid amongst the homeless and was able to... Yeah. Oh, so it's the Southern strategy. It's the super predators from the Clinton era. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's all that all over again. And so that is really frustrating 
to me, right? And so at the end of the day, what is it that it is that they want? Did they really address it? You can throw all this money at it. Uh, watching folks say that, you know, well, I'm not heartless, but then they make a statement. You know, right. I'm not this, but once you put the butt in there, you get right then, then it's gone, yeah, it's right? Gone. And then that's really what it is. So and it's it, just very frustrating. And I think, to, so to, to go back to a point, there's a point that I wanted you, uh, that you said that I think is, was really important is this, is that you... What people don't understand is how, how much violence happens to homelessness from regular people on the daily. We had an incident, we talked about it on a podcast a couple weeks ago, where a man on the, on the train in New York City viciously, you know, was kicking this homeless woman that was in her 70s. Yeah, so viciously kicking. Mm-hmm. This happens on a daily basis, what I said. So the, the, the thing that got, that got to me, and I, I want to talk about this because we, we talk about this mental health issue. And it's the first time I'm going to say it uh, on, on the air, right? Uh, in regards to me, I, I've, <laughs> tell the truth, since I've done this damn podcast, I've been giving a lot of firsts on me, boy. <laughs> They're they going to go back and play the tapes. <laughs> but um, let, let, let me say it this way. Uh, mental illness and homelessness, in my eyes, as somebody that has done it and went through it, lived on the streets, have walked 90 to 100 blocks just to pass the day, you know, on a good good day in New York City. And what people don't understand is, I think, that, and it, that, you know, I, I, we have some research. My, 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 my team and I, we really went and saw some stuff that we, we want to bring to light. And we just felt that writing a piece for this newspaper wasn't going to be the right way. It was going to get a lot of unspoken rhetoric back that, that, you know, didn't need, you know, that started a conversation that wasn't going to be answered because I wasn't able to answer it back. But let me say this, and I want, I want, I want people to hear what I'm about to say. A lot of people that are homeless and have become homeless have also developed mental illness. And I'm going to say it again because I don't think, and, I, and I've done my research around uh, the country. There's, there's a couple of uh, researchers that are looking into it. But what this is what, this is what I, I mean, and I'll say it again. People that, there's thousands of people that have become homeless for whatever reason. They don't start off mentally ill. You develop that mentally ill because of the environment and the conditions that you're living in. We have a report that we, we're working with that we're going to uh, put together uh, to show you guys what we're talking about. Now, when I say that, I remember, and let me tell you the first time that I realized starting that I had an issue. I'm about eight months on the street, right? Not realizing I'm eight months on the street, but I'm eight months. I'm going through the routines every day in life. And I'll never forget, as the first time that you know none of my friends... Um, not to say that they said I couldn't stay. I had wasted, you know, a couple of my, 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 my pattern was this. I'll stay at everybody's house for two weeks and that was it. Or I'll do a month at somebody that was going away for a week or something like that. And then I was done. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to make, make my rounds and, and wait, you know, uh, what, what was the term? Wear out my time. I didn't want to wear out my time. So I had to pace it. But this was the time that I got caught in the middle because two of my friends had left. And I forgot to get the key, <laughs> you know, and, and so happily I had to go to a DHS uh, welfare appointment. So I couldn't make it in time when they left. So I wound up on the street. And when I say that, when I wound up on the street, meaning that this is the, this was probably one of the first times that I had to stay on the street for a longer period of time than normal. Normally I'll stay on the street for two or three days and then go stay at somebody's house for, like I said, that week or whatever it may be. And that week changed me mentally. Because it was, it went from being warm to really being cold, and I didn't have my coat or anything like that. So after I went back to the shelter, um, not the shelter, my storage unit, got my my little bit of coat. I literally had to sleep in Central Park, 
And then, because the trains, if I rode the trains too long, what wound up happening was the police would, would wind up, they, they, they used to wait for you. You know what I'm saying? And if they saw you come back up to the same spot, they get, yo, you got to get up. And if they saw you twice, they, you was arrested. Or you got a ticket. Or you got a ticket. So what wound up happening with me, and I always dressed good. That was, the, that was the thing. So after I stayed that week, I saw myself really, really talking to myself. And how did you get here? These were the conversations that I was having. And I'll never forget, I couldn't get nothing to eat because I made it to the, to the shelter too late to get something, some food. And I was pissed because I was really hungry that day because I didn't, that, that night before, I didn't eat. And here it is, the next morning, I was like starving and I couldn't get nothing to eat. And I was pissed. And that whole day, I walked around and, you know, stuck on a train a couple of times and I just was talking to myself. Mm-hmm. The whole time. And I remember the depression that I felt because I, I had went up to Harlem and just stood there and, you know, looking at East Side River. And I just started. That was a, probably the first glimpse that I had of wanting to commit suicide. And I, 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 I was like, nah, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? This is going to end. This is going to end. So picture that mentality of somebody that doesn't have no place to go. And this is your life every day. When I started drinking was because I needed to make the night go by. Right. It was if I and, and this was the first time that it freaked me out. I grew up with rats in the projects anyway. But when I slept in Central Park, oh, my God, like the, they were cats. So they're coming close to the bench. So as they're coming close to the bench, your mind, you, you can't be there. So you start to develop these issues. Because now I'm either I'm going to go to drugs so I can be numb just in case they do jump on me. And I, I ain't got nothing to do with it no more because I'm, you know, my mind's not there. So I believe what nobody is looking at is the development of mental issues when people are living on the streets for longer periods of time. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that we're going to have to really start to look into. That is something that we're going to have to start to really understand that we are making more people mentally ill by not allowing them to have some place to go just to be normal. So then I would say is, is what is truly the catalyst? If you're looking at um, what they're saying is you, you've got these, you, you have folks that are, you know, abusing drugs and alcohol, there's mm, illness. Exactly. We know that the homelessness is increasing nationwide, Right. So what is the true catalyst? So is it the fact that affordable housing is an oxymoron? There's no such thing as affordable housing, that people don't have uh, adequate pay scales, right? Mm. They're not able to, to, you know, pay for themselves and their family. Um, And so it's just going to continue to go. So are you treating the symptom and not the problem? Mm. And so to me, it's just going to continue to grow until they actually look at really what it is, right? And that's really going to take people to take a hard look. Which is the mirror. It's the mirror. And then be willing to make that change because you can throw a whole bunch of money at the symptom, but if you're not going to attack the problem, you're just going to have more people funneling through, right? And you may shift them into different boxes here and there. Well, we'll lock these people up now uh, because they continue to break the law. They're, you know, um, vagrancy or indecent exposure or whatever. Uh, You can put them into mental health, you know, programs to try to get them clean and whatnot. Uh, But you're not going to turn off the, the spigot. They're just continuing to flow. The it's actually getting bigger, right? So it's not a drip anymore. Now it's just pouring, right? It's time for the plumber, you know? The drip was okay, now it's pouring. So what are we going to do? And, we, and we've let it pour for, you know, decades. Mm. And that's where we're at. 
Conversations with Dre, Shaman, Dre and Jackson, sitting with Mamar and Cameron, gather together, grow together. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, welcome back. Conversation with Dre. Yes, I told you we're gonna talk about it, baby. And we are talking about, I mean, this 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 conversation with Mawan, I knew it was gonna be good. Um, and definitely want you guys to to hit us up. Don't don't forget, you know, on Anchor, you can uh text in uh on Anchor through the uh the app. If you guys got the app, we on iTunes, we we on Google app uh and podcast, so we definitely every day. So I want I want to continue this conversation. Um Moan brought up something that I think, you know, we, we really are not dealing with. And that's just affordable housing. That's just, you know, the 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 the, the whole thing. I, I don't I'm not opposed of any realtor, any um landlord, I'm not opposed to any investor or anything not making money. I'm not. What I'm opposed to is this. What everything is not even. We know that. We, we it's and you you brought it up. You, there are people that are working two and three jobs just to make ends meet. Then there are people that are working good jobs but not making enough. And so what what this shows to me when we hear this whole thing, right? When we see this whole thing of housing, when we see this whole thing of you know oh low income housing. We, I think the idea in people's heads is projects, mm-hmm. black people, mm-hmm. that's just me, um, destructiveness, My ear, the air is going to be destroyed, you know what I'm saying? So what we, what we have not dealt with in, in, in what you were talking about with the catalyst of it is where do people go? You know what I'm saying? So if, we, if we're saying we're building... Oh, we're building all of these houses, right? Kitsap County got five more apartment complexes getting ready to come and a new hotel and everything like that. The question that I propose to everybody is where do you want people to go? So the whole thing is, are we going to... I saw a great movie, right? The uh, Island of Dogs, right? I'm being honest, a great great movie. I saw it on on the the flight. Uh, One of of the speeches on the flight, I watched it. Great movie. Put all the dogs in the island, right? Needed to... uh, you know, get them off. One one dog had a, bat, uh, a situation. Next thing you know, they put them all in the island. Where's that island? Where do where do you put people that you have just removed? And what? And I, I, I was telling everybody this term that I like that is here. You're going to hear it right now. Economic refugees. Economical refugees. That's what it is. So you have displaced me because I cannot afford to be in the area that you want, that I would love to be in, the area that I may have grew up in, the area that I really may have known all my life. I can't afford it anymore. So now I'm an economical refugee because I can't afford to be there. So what, you know, the question I want to ask now, where, where do they go? When somebody has no place to go, where do they go? Well, they're currently going. Onto the street. So after they counter, I mean, that's what's happening. That's why we're seeing it more and more, right? And that's why I said in the last segment that this has been happening for decades. Because mm. We've had homelessness forever, right? California, Skid Row. Oh, we've had it here. <laughs> you know, I mean, even in my twenties, getting on the ferry and you 
and you walk over the bridge when you walk over and you've got the homeless that are there and it smells like urine. That was back when I was in my 20s. That was 25 years ago, right? So homelessness has been around forever. Now you're seeing it more. Now you're seeing the tents. It's, it's out front. Now you've got to walk past people or walk over people. Now it, it's it's blight everywhere, right? And now it's an issue. And, you know, put the drugs and, and everything else to, to compound the situation. And now it's like, oh, there's this big issue. And, and, and it's been here the whole time. But the issue is drugs and uh, mental illness. It's, it's not home, it's not housing. It's, it's not exactly. It's right. not, you so, don't want to say the issue at all. Fantastic. Oh. The minimum wage here is, is a lot higher than other places in the nation. So what is it, eleven fifteen an hour? Right. I can give you twelve twelve, 12 fifteen an hour. 12. So twelve fifteen an hour times forty hours a week. Right? If you get to forty now. Okay, but but remember that. But I'm gonna give you the forty. So we're talking about four hundred and eighty dollars a week. Right. Mm, so go. now we're talking about nine hundred and sixty dollars every paycheck. We're talking about eighteen hundred dollars a month. Right. I'll even round it up to two grand for you. Two right? grand a month. So now you multiply that by point eight to get your taxes out. Right. So now you're taking home sixteen hundred. Well, your rent is thirteen hundred. Well, you didn't eat. You didn't get to work. Mm. You didn't pay your utilities. <laughs> you didn't pay your phone. So now you're working two jobs. You, you can't make it. In the last time that you had me here last year, I talked about having a master's degree and working at the local college, mm. making nineteen seventy-five an hour, right? And nineteen hours a week. There's no way for me to survive off that alone, right. let alone take care of my, my daughter, right? Mm. And pay child support and do all the other things that are required. Have adequate health care, exercise, right? Let, let, Eat healthy. Let me let me let me stop you there, because you 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 hit a point. You hit a point. That I, I I really really want to address in this, and, it, and you 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 said it. You have teachers with degrees. You have teachers with PhDs that are not tenure mm-hmm. that are working as what what is it called? Um, uh, what was it called when you're not tenure? Oh, adjuncts. Adjuncts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good jobs right. that are collecting food stamps. Yep. Can't make talent because they may make a little bit too much, right? Mm-hmm. And damn near can't afford the rent anymore. Right. Right? There is a scenario of what blows what the, the news channel said mm-hmm. out the water because if you want to talk about somebody going through mental English, picture somebody that, like you said, as an adjunct with the degrees, with everything they have, and still can't make ends meet. Well, I can tell you this, right? This is from my own personal experience. As I started off as an advisor with the requirement of having a master's degree, working 19 hours a week, right? I had to reinvent myself many times over. So now I've got the master's degree and literally in their HR and their payroll, I have five separate jobs, right? I'm teaching in the business department. I'm teaching general studies. I'm doing um, DSHS coursework. I'm doing the externships, I'm advising, right? I'm running other special programs and literally all these different payrolls in order to piece together a career. So if I'm doing that with the master's degree, right? What do you tell me? Oh, if you just work harder, right. you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Well, I can't work any damn harder than I'm already working, right? I'm working four or five times as hard as you are, right? Wow. And, and I'm not even making half 
than some of the tenured that are at the college, right? So now I don't have a master's degree. I don't have a bachelor's degree. I don't have an associate's degree. But what the hell are these people supposed to do, right? I'm making mm. minimum wage, and then the way it's set up, right? Well, now you've got to pay health care if you're an employer, so you don't want to pay health care, so you're going to make sure that people only work up to a certain, certain amount of hours. So now exactly. you're only getting 25 at minimum wage, so now you're working at three or four different jobs. Oh, and then you've got to transfer and catch buses in between all these different places or use your car, right? And so how are you exactly supposed to do that? You get behind, your credit suffers, your rental history suffers, no one wants to rent to you, right? You start to get depressed, you get down, you look at different vices to kind of cope, and then your yeah, mental illness... You start, I mean, everything goes down the road. Vices. Mental illness right. can just set in, period, right? Depression. Challenge your manhood. Depression. Whatever the, whatever the situation right. may be. So then you have all these things that are happening, and so it's not mental illness and drugs, it's not being able to live. That's really what the issue is. I, 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 I'm going to say this. They said that Seattle was dying, right? Seattle's dying. I think... What they're not looking at is Seattle's making people sick. <laughs> because when we talk about the things that you just said, with a master's degree, you're struggling. With a master's degree. And then you talk about, you know, oh, well, you know, all you have to do is put your head down, work hard, and, and you're going to survive. Where is the outlet when we talk about trying to get out of it, right? Half of the country is in debt going to college mm-hmm. to get that degree. Then when they get out, they still cannot make the the standard because they need to make a little bit more. Then you get this. You get the good job. Mm-hmm. You get it. Half your check is going to pay back what you just spent to get the education before to get you the job. So what needs to change? Your expertise in this too, right? We, we, we kind of talked about this uh, before. Where is the problem? Let's say, because you, 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 we looked at this point. You can say housing. Right. You and I both know housing is not really it, right? So if, if, if you say housing, you put somebody in the house that doesn't have uh, economical understanding that rent needs to be paid, this needs to be paid. They don't know budgeting. They don't know the, the things that sustain. You know, you need to do this in order to keep your apartment. You and, and, as critical as that, that's secondary, right? So as you say, they're constructing all these new buildings. And right. then they pat themselves on their back and say, hey, we made 100 units and 20 units are For low, income. Uh, low income, right? <laughs> just well, the 20. low income unit is still $1,200 a month. And we just ran through what I'm making at minimum wage. So it's still not affordable for me. And if I can't pay it, I can't make any gains. So when I'm working the two and three jobs, when the hell am I supposed to go to school or learn that vocation or start that business, that business to do. And, and do those things, right? And again, my credit shot. So who's going to loan me the money? Mm. Or at least give me the money at, at, a, at a rate that's reasonable that I can actually pay back. I, I said I said this on our podcast um, uh, when we were talking about taxes, which we re-ran. I said what a lot of people don't understand in the middle class and not knocking the middle class and trying to get there is the majority of middle class people have a credit card to fall back on. So their paycheck may not make it up. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, their paycheck, but it's that credit card. Sure. You know, so if the if, if the gas bill, if this is there, they can't get it, that, boom, swipe. You know what I'm saying? So where where do you think, and let's, let's have this honest uh, ending conversation as we as we come to the, one, what needs to happen? What What is... Your your ex, your expertise in, in especially with working within the last three years or four years of dealing with poverty and dealing with growing, gather together, grow together. 
what really needs to happen in order to make a dent in stopping it? I'm not talking about the people that's already on, on the streets. Mm-hmm. How do we stop? You said call the plumber, <laughs> right? If you're the right. plumber now, you know, do we do we need to shut off the city bringing the water mm-hmm. in or do we need to just work with the pipes that we have? The boiler, where do we start to stop it? Anarchy. <laughs> Seriously, though. Uh, <laughs> the views of Malibu Walker. What I believe is the only thing that can happen realistically, right? If you're waiting for 2020 uh, and you're waiting for the next politician to tell you what they're going to do or how they're going to do it, even if they have the best of intentions, there is a bureaucracy. There is a system that has been in place for decades that is not going to be dismantled and changed in any really formative or effective way mm. overnight, right? Mm. And so I think that all change is really going to come from the bottom up, right? Mm. I think mm. that's where the change is. And so for us, we're a capitalist society, right? And we've been told that we, we need to be individualistic, right? Right, right. I need to get my rims and I need to get my car and I need to get my house. My house needs to be big and there's McMansions and all the things of the past, right? And so we've gotten away from the sense of community, right? Mm. Which is why I started Gather Together, Grow Together, right? Because it's going to take a community effort. It's going to take potlucking. It's going to take, I'm watching your kids. You're watching my kids. You know, we're, we're doing these things together. It's going to take multifamilies living together in order to survive and pooling their resources and their strengths together in order to make it. I think that's really what has to change is the way that people view themselves in their society and how they view themselves in their community, right? Mm. With co-ops and things of that nature. And so if you're waiting on the government to make that change, they're not going to be able to make it, right? We are in this fishbowl, and it's an experiment, and this new one comes in, and they try this policy, and then they try that policy, and they try this policy, and you could be on the hard right and say, throw them in jail or, you know, go into treatment or else, right? Right. And you could be on the far left side and just say, hey, do all the drugs you want to do, and here's all the social programs, and do whatever. And neither one of those are working, right? And so really, I think it is up to the people to really make that change and then kind of come from the bottom up. I think that's what's going to happen, and I think that's where you're going to see the most fundamental change. And that's what we see here, you know, in our organization where people are getting together and they're going out and, and doing the concession stand work or they're driving around themselves. and now they're able to get right. The, the same people that are now driving the vehicles are the same people that we were providing rides to. Right. Mm. And so mm. that's, that's really where the change is going to come. You cannot wait for someone to save you. You must save yourself. That, look, I, I that, 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 that's it right there. Because that that is so true when we talk about community, we have you, you're absolutely right. There's people now that I know that don't know their neighbors yeah. and been there for three four years. They can't about, live with their own family members, right? But we used to be generational: the baby, the parent, the grandparent, and sometimes the great grandparent. Right? That's how it used to be, and it is still that way in some stronger communities where that haven't had their culture stripped away from them. Right? Mm. And so when that's happening, then you're good. When you have uh, foreigners come over and they pool their resources together and they all put their money together and they get one family a business or they buy that one family a house and then the rest stay and then they get the down payment from the next one and they do that. You know, those, that's the success, right? That's the sense of community and that sense of culture that stays together that helps them, you know, to fight what, what's happening in society. And that's right? an American thing. That's not a black or white thing. No. Nope. That's an American thing. Yeah, that's an American thing. This your man Drayton Jackson conversation with Dre. I told y'all, man, I'm gonna leave it at that because that that's some that community. 
community, bringing that that essence back uh, to it. And I think that 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 is such a great point, because when we start talking about taking care of our neighbor, then then we can start understanding that, you know, I'm not going to let my neighbor fall. You know, and, and I think that, that that is so, so like real when we talk about how to fix this problem, man. Juan, once again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now let me say, you know, yeah. agnostic, atheist, religious, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Right. That works either way. Right. Anyway. Tell, tell people real quick how they can get in touch with Gather Together, Grow Together. Also, what, what's coming up this, this you, you got something coming up uh, this this week. The Kids uh, Have Great Give. Uh, so once a year, they do a big push to uh, donate to nonprofits. Uh, Tuesday is the day, but you can donate to now. Just uh, go to www.kidsatgreatgive.org. Mm. Uh, we are Organization 101. You can just type in Gather Together, Grow Together. We are on Fifth and Park in downtown Bremerton. The phone number is 360-373-3000. You can go to our website, www.g2g2.org. You see us all over the place on Facebook. Uh, Send a shout out. Come in. Help us out. Right. Uh, We've got big things going on. Right. Build the community. There you go. Shaman Dre Jackson conversation with Dre. The shirts went out. So if you didn't get your shirt, don't blame me. Uh, website will be back up. And like I told you guys, the Facebook page is going after, I think, third Wednesday or Friday. I can't, I can't remember right now. It is done. If so, make sure that you follow me on the fan page at Dre Talks right there on Facebook. Uh, like it and follow it. Register, like it. But the YouTube, uh, the YouTube is on its way. We got some good stuff coming on the YouTube. But if you ain't following uh, Denadre and, and Xavier on their crazy uh, YouTube page, man, this is some fun stuff up there, man. DX Jackson and the YouTube is crazy with the Drayton Jackson experience. Trust me, you're going to love it. Got all my trips from last year when we went around uh, and spoke. I got some stuff coming up this this uh, this uh, year that we, we followed when I went to Olympia and stuff. And look, Conversation with Dre after dark. Only for the grown-ups, baby. Your man Drayton Jackson, Conversation with Dre. Told you we was going to talk about it, baby. <laughs> <laughs>